Welcome to another Use of Force, week 36, our final full walk in Queens. Finds us at Baisley Park to talk about the death of Charisse Francis. So this incident is another that doesn't have an official NYPD use of force report because it didn't involve the use of a firearm and the use of force report through the NYPD only lists firearm discharges. Right. Which I guess just out right away, since we've talked about a few incidents like this at this point, it makes me wonder how many times someone has been killed by the police without a firearm and we might not have it on our list just if it was missed by reporting yeah. you know yeah we i mean we the whole thing started with finding instances through wikipedia right which didn't necessarily involve shooting and then we were able to find the use of force reports from that so Right. We were capturing as many as we can. Yeah. I guess I'm I guess my I'm, I'm less concerned about what we've actually found and I, although I would like to do a, a good job of finding these incidents and talking about them, but I'm also thinking that there should be some sort of accountability and public record of everyone that's been killed by the police, not just people that have been of course. shot by the police. Yeah. So the incident that we are going to talk about today was the killing of a young woman named Sharice Francis in her home in Jamaica, Queens. Sharice had a mental illness. She was schizophrenic and typically she was on medication for that and she was a student in college and she had a good relationship with her family but at this particular time she had been off of her medication and she was acting different and slightly violent. I guess she was pulling her mother's hair in the kitchen of their house. And her sister recognized this as behavior pointing to Sharice being off of her medication. And as they had done a few times in the past, she called 311 right. to be connected to the hospital so that her sister could be taken into the hospital and, you know, they could try and convince her to go back on her medication. And as I said, they've done this before. There was a process. It had obviously worked before. They wouldn't have done it again. But in this particular time, the 
hospital workers or the ambulance was not who arrived, but the police officers arrived. So four police officers showed up and Sharice's family was confused by that, but having had positive experiences getting Sharice's help in the past, they trusted that this was just the system and that everything would work out. So they led the police to where she was. Sharice got really scared, very confused. There was some reporting saying that she was even telling the police, like asking the police, who are you? Get out of my house. Telling the police that she was going to call the police on them for being intruders. So she was just very clearly confused. And it had been made clear in the call and to the officers that they were dealing with someone who was having a schizophrenic episode. And the protocol states that those officers should just stay out of the way until the emergency services unit arrives. Yeah. And that's not what they did. They sort of cornered Sharice in their downstairs in the basement. And as she tried to go up the stairs, they yelled to block the way and not let her get out of the room. They tried to stop her and detain her and handcuff her. And she was, of course, struggling because she was scared and unsure what was happening. And they pushed her. There was a bed near the stairs. And they pushed her down onto the bed and ultimately suffocated her, leading to a cardiac arrest. And as this was happening, Sharice's sister was there and noticed that her sister had been yelling and fighting back and she was trying to calm her sister down and then when her sister went silent she got very nervous and was asking the police what's going on and they ushered the family out of the room and you know according to what the family said they didn't know they were they thought they could trust these people that were there they still were under the impression that their sister her sister was going to be okay and getting help I guess it took about 45 minutes where the the police officers were apparently doing resuscitation and until the ambulance arrived where they brought Sharice out on a stretcher her she was already dead at that point right and yeah I, I believe it took the secure or the like two hours for the it was 90 minutes. 90 minutes. But they were, she was already dead for 90 minutes by the time she arrived at the hospital. Right. Yeah. Right. So the aftermath of this, of course, the family was very upset. The family sued the city and sued the four police officers that were involved. The 
lawsuit against the police officers seems to either not be public or to have disappeared in some way. I we couldn't find it. Yeah, it's doing not any research. Capstat, which is our normal go-to to find these sorts of things. Right. But the officers that were involved are still listed as working for the MIPD. Right. And the the place that we could find the names of the officers, which I'll read in a moment, was through the plaintiff report that goes out through a law firm, a law firm that represents them. And the first four, well, the first six defendants listed, I'll read. The first one is the city of New York. The second one is the NYPD. And then we have four officers, Ilio Ponzo, Joseph Tomeo, Michael Boyle, William Clemens. Below them are also listed Edison Jarmillo, unknown first name Barrett, unknown first name Yoon, unknown first name McCoy, and then nine, sorry, ten John Doe's. And it, it just goes on. There's many more John Doe's and Jane Doe's and Richard Rose. So I am assuming that those first four officers that were listed would be the first four officers that were involved and that were actually on the scene and were involved in the murder of Cherise Francis. But I'm not positive about that because the reporting that we were finding doesn't really ever list the names of the officers. They're always just referred to as four NYPD police officers. Right. Yeah. And it's uh, it's unusual that this is not listed in some way on Capstat. I think this is the first time we found a discrepancy. I think so, too. And it, it is just confusing to me and makes me think that maybe there was some kind of purging of the records or something. Um, this The family did win... The lawsuit against the city they were awarded a little over a million dollars not that that's you know it always it feels monetary compensation for the life of your loved one never feels right but they did at least you know were heard in that forum and it seems like in the last couple years especially surrounding the protests when Eric Garner was killed and then again the protests in 2020 where George Floyd was killed the family or people that were familiar with Sharice Francis have been recognizing her story bringing it up looking for continued justice it doesn't seem as though the four police officers that were involved were punished or definitely seems like they were not fired. I think an article from 2017 said that all four were still on the force. And yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they're all still working today. Right. 
Yeah, and although we can't find the lawsuit listed in our normal places, at a minimum, uh, Officer Clemens is still listed as working. Their last known location was listed as working in this precinct. Officer Tomeo is listed as working on a mounted unit now. Yeah, and um, Elio Ponzo and Michael Boyle, I believe were both listed as sergeants at this point. Yeah. So it looks like there may have been even some promotions yeah. in the last few years. But, you know, as far as the incident goes, I, I don't, I just don't understand why if a family is calling on behalf of another family member that is not doing anything significant and is vouching that they are not doing anything significant. I, the, only, the only reason I could conceive of the police feeling the need to intervene further is if they don't believe the family, that they're somehow protecting the person in question from further punishment as that like you know, I, all I can think of is, is an abusive family situation where maybe somebody's trying to protect the family member mm. from worse consequences but this is just clearly not the situation yeah it just seems really obvious to me that this person wasn't sort of in a clear state of mind and the fact that the family called 311, not 911, to get help for Sharice is a pretty clear indicator that it's not an emergency, that, a, that police are needed. Yeah, I, I, all I can think of is that the police felt that whatever, whatever their interactions with Sharice were at the time and with the family, was that they needed to exercise their authority. Yeah. And it got completely out of hand. Yeah. I, the one, one last thing I'd like to talk about briefly, I read an interview with Sharice's sister from just about a year ago. And now this happened in 2012 and in, it was around the end of 2019, I believe, she gave an interview and it was the first time she was talking about it. And she said that members of her family had received help and had gone to therapy to process what had happened and to work through their grief. And that she had not, that she, anytime it comes up, she had shut down and she had been in a severely depressed state for a significant amount of time after this incident. She was losing her own will to live and she was grateful to her friends and her family that had gotten her to the point where she was finally able to talk about it. But I just think that was really significant to me because of course someone lost their life and that is the main thing that we tend to talk about in these situations but the family involved and the friends involved 
are also severely traumatized. They're still alive, but they're living with this pain and trauma from witnessing their loved one die by the hands of an organization that they've been told they can trust. Yeah. And I think that, I don't know, I mean, I think that, I'm sure that that's being talked about, but just reading her interview and I was impressed that she was being so vulnerable with what she was feeling and sharing how it's taken her so long to talk about it. I feel so sad for her and I hope that she can work through it. Yeah. But yeah, it's just something to recognize that it's, it goes way beyond the one person's life that was lost. It affects so many more people beyond that. And, and there needs to be something, some sort of assistance available for, for the people that are still around. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tragically illustrative example of this particular type of error in our system, which is the inability to show empathy to people that are struggling with mental illness and the inability to manage these circumstances properly. And as a consequence, I think it, even though there has been some quote-unquote resolution in the form of financial compensation, which is, as we've discussed previously, kind of how the non-human aspect of our system deals with this is just by resolving it with cash. But even though it has achieved this state of resolution insofar as our system goes, I, I still think it's something that deserves more attention. Yeah. Yeah. And at the very least, I mean, I, I don't, I often try not to sort of take a clear opinion on these incidents and just share. But I think in this case, at the very least, the, the officers need to be, all of this needs to be made public. I would personally think that the officers shouldn't be working anymore. It seems like this is a really, really big mistake. And they weren't in a position where they were threatened by this woman. Like, it just seems like such a bad mistake that I don't think people should be in that role where they're supposed to be protecting people when they, if something like that happens. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it just seems like there should be more than what we have, what we've found right now. But with that in mind, as with every episode that we do, if you're listening to this and you happen to know more than what we've covered, please reach out to us and let us know so that we can include it in any further episodes or just include it in our further understanding of the situation. Yeah, uh, we are trying to learn as much as we can and share the information so that it is all in one place and people can 
take from there and build upon it themselves. And if anyone has anything that they want us to share on here, we would be more than happy to hear it. So thanks for listening. Take care for now. Bye.